0: It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated
1: to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. And this is the Prep Rally Podcast. I'm your host, Chip Souza, joined by Paul Boyd, Henry Apple, Ricky Fires, and Leland Barclay down in Fort Smith. Boys, we got week one of the high school football season in the books. I'm, well, I'm sorry, Henry. Actually, week zero. There we go. Week zero. Okay, whatever. Uh, not a math major. To me, it's week one, but whatever. We'll yep. go
2: with the go with the proper week zero. Let's just say opening week.
1: Opening week. There, there we go. go. See, Henry made it simple for us. My simple mind can understand that. I need to write that down. Opening week, absolutely. Okay, okay. all right, let's go. So, Leland, we we're going to start with you down in the River Valley. You got to cover the Battle of Rogers Avenue. The Leland, is this right? The 65th? Is that right? 65th Battle of Rogers Avenue, north side, uh, south side. Is that right? That can not be right.
3: 34, is it? 25, and two now.
1: I don't know. Rick, how much is that? 214? 12? 214? Yeah, 200. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, it was a great game played over at Southside Jim Rowland. And Leland, you had a front row seat for that. Just give us a little recap of that game and, and what you thought of the renewal of the Battle of Rogers Avenue.
3: Well, it was a it was a contrast contrast of styles like uh, like probably I've never seen in the Northside Southside game. Uh, of course, you know Southside has thrown the ball a lot in the past. Um, you know Northside has too at times, but this one was uh, was was very different as far as styles. Uh, Southside threw the ball fifty four times. Wow. Wow. Northside ran the ball fifty-six times. So it was a definite contrast of styles. And I think it is just a summary of how both teams are gonna be all season long.
1: Gotcha. So Lelos uh, I mean, that looked...
3: just I think it's gonna be uh Northside had two running backs over uh 100 yards and i'll save the nugget for that for tomorrow's notebook there you go there you go uh but that was uh that was that was special too and that, and that's two running backs over 100 and then of course uh you know david sword for south side through for 272 yards and uh like i said it's a, It's going to be, that is what both teams, uh, the coaches, that's what they're going to hang their hats on all season long.
1: Gotcha. So Leland saw that game on Thursday night. Leland had the game story. Walter Woody wrote a color sidebar uh, to go with that game. So that was on Thursday night. Then Leland loaded up the wagons, hitched up the horses, Ricky, got them all watered, rode them right over to Muskogee, Oklahoma, and watched Greenwood play Muskogee. And I think Greenwood is still scoring touchdowns five days later. What a, uh, than
3: they wow. scored on their first four possessions, they scored on their last four possessions, and they went one for three in between, and that's what Coach Young was uh, going to emphasize to his team all week long, not to be complacent that you know they turned the ball over on downs inside the 10 once, and they went three and out once, and that's going to be the teaching points this week because... Greenwood wasn't perfect, and, and and I think a lot of teams are doing this now, but one thing that, that they started a long time ago is their practices on Thursday they call Perfect Thursday, Perfect Practice. And they go through a set number of plays, and it basically has to be per, uh, perfect before they come off the field. So wow. Coach Young is going you know, to harp on the fact that they were not perfect Friday night despite winning 63 to 21 and rolling up 702 yards of offense and nine offensive touchdowns.
1: If I had to run more than two plays perfect, I'd be out there all night long trying to trying to get that done.
3: If mm-hmm. I had to write two perfect sentences in a row, it might be difficult. Wow. So, Leland,
1: uh, Hunter Houston had a big game. Uh, I know Leland had this nugget uh, earlier this season, or early. I think in the summer or sometime at some point he had a story uh, that Greenwood has had a 2,000-yard passer what was it, Leland, 25 times in the last however many years and 17 in a row. Yes. Uh, and I think Hunter Houston is about a third of the way there right now after one game. He's,
3: they, he is well <laughs> on the way. So I think that uh, those stats are going to be uh, safe once again for the Bulldogs. But, you know, I I do think, and, and they showed glimpses of this last year. Of course, they had a vet, veteran running back last sure, year yeah. too, but, but they are running the ball a little more. And this year, I think they're going to run the ball even more than they did last year because they have a stable of running backs there this year, go. including a move-in from Tennessee that is big and strong.
1: Yeah, imagine Greenwood getting a move-in.
3: From Tennessee.
0: <laughs> so Shocking. I think
3: they're going to have a very, very stout running game to go along with uh, the usual passing attack.
1: Now this week, Leland Greenwood gets to host Fort Smith south side. And uh, it might be a tough night for Southside.
3: Well, you know, you know, Coach Dameron was still – I mean, he was very disappointed uh, Friday night because, like he said, uh, you know, he has seen this team in practice and he's seen what they can do. So I think once they get it together, um, you know, I think that offense is going to be very good. Regardless of how well they do Friday night, I think it's probably safe to say you should probably get there early and plan on staying late there because it's, no, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of passes thrown.
1: Uh, Rick, I know you have a question, but one other thing I wanted to hit real quick, and Leland, you and I talked about this a little bit. Greenwood is going to honor Aaron Gamble, the late Aaron Gamble, um, I believe at halftime Friday night. Aaron Gamble, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, he was, a, I believe, a center. At least I know he was on the offensive line at some position. Maybe he was a center. center. Um, and when Ronnie Peacock took over as the head coach at Greenwood at that time, no one in Arkansas really was running a spread offense and throwing the ball around. So Greenwood didn't have a quarterback at the time So uh, who had done that. So Peacock took the one guy on his team who had handled the ball a lot, the center, <laughs> and he wore number 80. I think this is right, Lee, he wore number 82 as the quarterback. And, uh, and was a 2,000-yard passer or something. I think he passed for 2,000 yards. So center to quarterback, passed for 2,000 yards. And uh, tragically, he and uh, his son were killed in a car wreck uh, this summer. Um, Leland near Poto, near Spiro, somewhere in that area,
3: I think. Yes, that stretch uh, over around Cameron, Rock Island, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, in that
1: area. And uh, so they're going to retire his number. Um, and the family will be honored at halftime so um, that'll be a special and uh, you know uh, obviously a very emotional thing uh, on when, on Friday night down in Greenwood
4: yeah that's, a, that's just what I was gonna say I mean just just what a just tragic story it makes us all just you know uh, uh, just uh, every day is special because you never know what's going to happen exactly. it can be over in the blink of an eye but I remember Aaron I was covering, uh, 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 Greenwood a little bit back then with Ronnie Peacock he come in and looked around and he's you know you think a wide receiver cornerback maybe a halfback or something go to quarterback but no they had gambled a big old boy on the yeah. offensive line yeah. he was actually the center and I remember being down there and watching and he was throwing spirals as a quarterback, and a lot of coaches wouldn't even have attempted that. No. But Ronnie uh, Peacock was one of the early innovators, you know, j- just like uh, Gus Malzahn and, and Barry Lunny, and it worked for him. It did. Uh, for the first time, I, I can't remember what the record was, but it put a little excitement in Greenwood football.
1: It did. It did. And, uh, Rick, what they did, I think Peacock, like, like Malzahn, when he was at Shiloh Christian, he looked around and said, we don't have – You know 250 pound offensive linemen we have you know 190 pound offensive linemen who are kind of quick we got to figure out a way to compete and it wasn't just Gus trying to beat the Farmingtons or whatever it was trying to you know compete for a state championship and playing with you know the really you know fast teams uh, in South Arkansas and 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 that kind of thing and uh you know there's a reason Gus you know it's a division (laughs) it's a division one college football coach he's kind of a smart dude uh, I and mean, he he figured it out and uh, but I tell you what Ronnie Peacock I think probably infl- I know Ronnie Peacock influenced Barry Lunny for sure yeah and I would say that he probably influenced uh, some of what Gus Malzon did and and does today
4: and that what he did at the Greenwood helped him get that Rogers job and the last just before Rogers split uh, they went to the state they championship did. game I think lost to Southside on a field goal didn't they Leland that is that's
1: correct that is correct that is correct. Yep. That is correct. So Leland, before you get out of here, any nuggets you want to share with us about any got of this week's of games? We got a lot of like, nuggets. We got a lot of like like a six piece but, at uh, uh, McDonald's. Or yeah, something. like a little Mac Nugget, not Golden yeah. Nuggets, little Mac Nuggets.
3: Uh, just the nugget about the, you know the two running backs at Northside going uh, over a hundred yards. That was uh that one took a little bit of research, but that's a uh, that's an interesting fact. And and you know, uh, you guys are talking about you know the the pass happy offenses and things like that. You know, I remember. Uh, Of course, you know, we were all here and and covering that stuff when it was kind of starting up. Mm -hmm. And I started tracking the the passing totals for these quarterbacks. And, you know, there was one quarterback, Jared McBride at Nashville. And then Greenwood had a couple of 2,000-yard passers. And it was a couple here, a couple there, four here. And then there was five. Well, now every year there's... 30 to 40 quarterbacks yep. in the state that throw for over 2000 yards every single year and and some of those guys are topping three thousand and four thousand and five thousand. and and so i just uh i think it's really neat um how we've all but kind of been able to see that develop yep. uh through the years and i remember one time talking to a an opposing coach that had played greenwood and of course they're you know they were in the spread and i was talking to him about you know Stopping the pass and how you defend the pass and everything and he was one of the first ones that said but you know with their offense the first thing you have to do is stop the run
1: yeah
3: or or you know they're just going to do that all night and, and and that's so much of of the offenses now too and Chris Wood is a big big proponent of that he's going to throw deep two a couple of times a half but he's also gonna run the ball yeah
1: he's gonna he wants to throw deep to back the defense off keep them honest so that opens up his run game
3: yep and so so many of these guys you know we've seen them come up and do that and it's been just extremely exciting to to watch all of this and like you said you know uh coach peacock took a an offensive center and uh, turn him into a two thousand yard passer and yep. it's just because uh, we've seen like you said, a lot of running backs, receivers go to quarterback and do different things. but a center to a two thousand yard passer is just a, um, a a tremendous thing and you know we talked about how what he did on the football field, but he was also, has been extremely impactful at Greenwood as a role as an administrator. Yes. He he was an extremely loved person there and 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 we've hear coaches say as good a football player as he is or was, as, you know, a lot of times, they're even a better person. Right. He was. Well, sure. that truly truly fits him. Exactly.
1: Exactly. All right, well, before Leland gets out of here, we also want to remind our listeners that Leland will have his first River Valley report, which will be in our Thursday edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. That will be a weekly staple with us moving forward for the remainder of the, of the football season and into basketball and spring sports and all that. That will run every Thursday in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, so Leland will have that, and he'll also have a River Valley Report video show. Leland did his first one this week, um, and we'll continue to work on that, and uh, he'll have guests from time to time, and so uh, that will be an accompanying thing in the digital or iPad edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So if you're not a subscriber, Rick, how do you do that? How do you become a subscriber?
4: Uh, call call this number, 800 <laughs> number
1: something. <laughs> Well, you can go online or to N- click. A, yeah, you can go online to and click on the subscribe button, and that will walk you through it. Um, or you can also call the uh, the what used to be the circulation department now it's customer service department. Yes. And there's a phone number there on our website and get you hooked up. And if you're not a subscriber, um, you're going to miss Leland Barclay stuff every week. You're going to miss Ricky Fires' award winning first place dynasty column, which is <laughs> every Sunday. Um, and, you know, all, all, of, all of our stuff, Paul, Paul's covering volleyball. Mr. Volleyball. E- Mr. Volleyball Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. He's on top of that. Henry takes care of Mr. Everything, every, Mr. Everything plus coming up with the proper names for the first week of the football season and yes. that kind of stuff. So Henry keeps us on our toes with all that he does. So if you're not a member of that team, um, then you need, to, you need to be a member of that team. Uh, if you call yourself a prep sports fan, and you're not on this team, then you're really not a fan. That's why I'm looking at it.
3: Well, and I think, too, um, you know, Henry may have set a record. It, it would not be a new – Not a new record not a new, no, record. not a new record. <laughs> but I, I, But I believe he might have set a record last week with uh, – because, you know, I, I compile the stats and, you know, send the stats to you guys, but that's only – I'm only able to do that because so many people contribute to that. And right. send me the stuff where I can compile it and keep it, and that's why I was able to go back – and find this nugget about you know the Northside running backs. but, And this is why we do this stuff, so we have that. But he may have set a record this week by posting what I saw, I think, was four different box scores yeah. last week. From, from, from games he watched.
1: Yeah, from games he watched online. <laughs> yeah, from games he watched <laughs> online.
3: Yep, so he may have set a record with the most – box scores posted in one week there you
1: go there you go well, Leland yeah it should be yeah so Leland I know you got to run we'll catch up with you next week um and uh Leland I believe you are uh over at the Battle of the Bone this week on Friday over at uh Alma uh Van, Alma at Van Buren should be a good game over there It'll be Alma's season opening yeah, yeah, there you go. Season, season up <laughs> Yes, actually yeah.
3: three rivalries of sorts. Uh, we're covering exactly. down the River Valley. Of course, yeah. you know, Southside and Greenwood is it's not an old rivalry, but it has certainly developed into one. It's kind of the battle of South Sebastian County. Uh, and then of course, the battle of the Bone Van and Alma. And then uh Harold is going to be boonville Ozark, yeah. which yep. goes back to 1924. There
1: you wow. go. The Battle of the so Dragon. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Ozark. But we also have Cedarville and Mountain Bird playing Friday night. Yeah, so that's, that's another big, one.
3: And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the Battle of North Craw- Crawford County. There so the there's, there's some great yeah. rivalries uh, down here this weekend. Absolutely.
1: Well, Leland, we'll let you go, and uh, we'll bring you back next week and uh, to bring us more insight. So uh, we will catch up with you later. We'll be there. All right, so look, we'll go around the table here, Henry. You saw a pretty good game on Friday night. Had Mansfield, Texas coming up here playing Bentonville West. Rick, you and I talked about this. You know, we know Texas football is tough. But it looked like for a while, Henry, that that West was going to get them.
2: Yeah, immediately when, you know, West intercepts a pass and returns it for a touchdown, you know, so they're up 7-0 without even touching the football on offense. And on their first play, they – an 80-yard touchdown pass, you're thinking 14 to nothing. They're going for the juggler and they're going for the knockout early. But as the game progressed, Mansfield just wore out the Wolverines. A I mean, more depth, uh, probably, I
1: guess. And yeah,
2: well, yeah. just with their ball control offense, you know, I was looking at the stats, and both teams, interesting enough, averaged 5.7 yards a game. The only difference is is that Mansfield ran 70 something plays and West only ran about 47. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, that ball control. So, they Mansfield eventually just wore on West with ball control. In a 28
1: 21 game, uh, Mansfield won that one in the season opener for both of those teams. Now, Rick, talk about explosive plays. Boy, you saw a few of them over at Fayetteville Conway on Friday night.
4: Oh, my goodness. You know, Leland, and, and I agree with him, uh, today's modern football is, is exciting. But, my goodness, can somebody make a play on defense? Is that I think uh, even I can't hardly add, but I know there's 700 total yards in the first half alone. Uh, uh, Centena goes 80 yards on the first scrimmage, and Manny Smith, who's a terrific player from Conway, goes 82 yards. He's trapped in the backfield. and picks the ball up and goes 82 yards. It slowed down in the second half. But uh, man, uh, the fight kid is much improved. Blade in the fight. Now, now the who's been saying that? Uh, w- was it me that's been saying Fable might be the most uh, improved team? Maybe.
1: Th- if you want to claim it, claim it. I'm no, okay. I don't. I don't, I don't I, I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> no, Chip. Chip
4: would Chip has said, been saying the last couple of weeks, he thinks Fable will be most improved team uh, in the 7A West. And man, I, I'm. I'm starting to agree with them. They just got enough enough thumpers on defense to slow somebody a little bit. But, man, that offense, and uh, they got a secondary guy, the Blackburn kid on the other side of Isaiah. Isaiah had 11 catches, two, over 200 yards, and Fike was uh, a lot of time. He threw it downfield, and when you got this uh, D1 and why guy. Why not? Yeah. The fa- and, and, and Fike said, you know, we got to throw it to him. He's the fastest kid in the state. And maybe and in the country. Maybe in the country. So that was a lot of offense. A good start for Fayetteville. You know they lost at Conway last year, and now they're going to be tested at Owasso, Oklahoma this week.
1: This will be a tough game for them, Rick. And you yeah. know this this is a game that nobody would really would really, you know, if Fayetteville goes down in this game, it's not. Uh, it, this is a very very good team, um, you know. But Fayetteville may go over there and 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 pull off the upset. They very well could, but. Uh, a loss here, this this wouldn't be a bad loss. No. Uh, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but but losing to an Owasso, that's, that's no shame. No shame there at all. Very well coached. Bill Blankenship, of course, was at Fayetteville for one season, but he also was a coach, football coach at Tulsa for a while. Legendary Spyro Oklahoma guy. Yep. Um, and so, uh, but you know what, Rick? Um uh, I picked Fayetteville to win the game uh, on the Pick'em poll that we're doing. I picked Fayetteville to win the game. I'm, I'm picking uh, them, too. I'm a homer. You know, I'm, I'm going to no,
4: pick No, it's it. not. No, it's, it's, it's legit. I, yeah. think,
1: I think they have a good chance to win it. Yes. So, that was a good one, Rick. I had a good chance. Henry went over to your neck of the woods and saw Bentonville play. And uh, Bentonville played Liberty, uh, Missouri, North, which is a school just right outside of Kansas City. Uh, so, if you don't follow Missouri football much, which, you know, probably you don't, Henry, that's a very good team. Uh they're a very good team.
2: Yeah. When you talk about that Kansas City area, yes. uh, we we see Liberty North and we see Rockhurst and uh, just across the Kansas line. You know, Bentonville played a very good Mill Valley team last year. Yeah. They play some good football in that very Kansas much. City metro area. Yeah. And uh, I got to watch the film Sunday. I watched it and what they did, you know, they had two quarterbacks, yep. a lefty and a righty. Yep. They... Look, not bad. They were a good but,
1: team. Uh, and yeah. I told uh, I told Jody Grant after the game, I said, that team you just played is going to win a lot of football games.
2: And either one of those quarterbacks, you could win with either one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was impressed with both of them. Uh, How the could way they, they swap can, them you know,
4: out? Every, uh, every
2: possession. Every possession. Yeah.
1: Every
4: possession. Wow. Uh,
1: one was more of a drop back pass or a lefty. And boy, threw a great ball. Um, he was a lefty. And then the other guy was more of a run threat. Um, and he didn't pass as much as the left, left-hander did. Uh, but i tell you what, Henry, what struck me about this game was Bentonville, Rick, was in this same position last year against Cabot in a playoff game where they had built a lead and they needed to finish, and they couldn't. And they ended up turning the ball over twice to Cabot, not turned it over, but punt, punt possession back uh, to Cabot and, and, and lost, lost the game. Uh, they had a fumble late in the game that would have probably won the game but they but they if they finished finished drives out they it doesn't come down to that play. Yeah. And I think that's what Jody Jody Grant and the Bentonville guys took that and and carried that as a chip on their shoulder throughout the offseason and he said that's not going to happen again. We're going to be tougher um in the fourth quarter this year than we were last year. Well, so they faced the same thing on Friday night. They were up 36 uh, 24. They had a real quick three and out. Uh, punted, you know, uh, th- they punted, they had, actually they were up 36, what, 36, uh, 17, something like that. Punted possession back, and, and North goes and drives seven plays, 78 yards, boom, 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 and all of a sudden it's a 12 point game with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. This is a game Bentonville c- could see slipping away. You know, last year it's what happened to them. Bentonville responded with an eight minute drive. Wow. After that touchdown, an eight minute That's drive. After the way it, to finish. Yeah. Shoot, they shoot had, they had one pass in that drive. They were incomplete. Uh, they ran for, ran Ficklin for one or no, no yards on first down. Then they had an incomplete pass. It's third and 10. And, and the momentum is clearly on North sideline after they just drove down and scored quickly and drew right. Not a scrambler. He's not like the guy they had last year. I can't remember number ten. I can't remember his, who their quarterback Andrew was. Andrew Edwards. Andrew Edwards, who was a, a a great you know a great runner, uh, but Drew was Rick fast enough. He was fast enough, and he picked up a big third down gain, ten yard gain. Uh, chains were moving, and Bentonville didn't give the ball back until there was a, until they scored. Yep. They
2: score the minute 50 to go. You know, make yeah. it
1: 43 24.
2: And I have seen that play so many times on the what they scored on. The throwback? The, the, the throwback. <laughs> it's a know, great play. Uh, it, you know, he rolls to his right, and everybody, everybody, oh, the play's going to his right, and nobody sees Luke right, yeah. and not related, right. as far as I know. He just drifts off to the left side. A little tight end drag just, out there. And just flips it over yep. there, touchdown. And man, Bentonville's offense was just so smooth. It was yeah. it 206 was. yards rush, uh, 206 yards passing, 207 yards rushing. Yep. yeah. Wow. So and kind of lost in the and, and Wright had a big game, had four touchdown passes or yeah, four touchdown mm-hmm. passes.
1: Uh, uh, the, uh, the one he threw to Cooper Smith was a beauty, but it's, it was Cooper Smith who made the play. He he led him by about 10 yards, and you're like, there's no way he's going. Oh my gosh, he got to that ball. You know, how the heck did Cooper Smith get to that ball? But he got to it for a touchdown. But Kind of lost in this. Henry so Ficklin had 140 yards, um, so and it, but it wasn't anything big. No really big gainers. I think he might have had one 20-yard gainer. Now he had one. He should have scored on a 30-yard 30-yard touchdown run, but he stepped out of bounds at the 10.
2: Yeah, I watch it. His momentum just he, yeah. it was on a little. A uh, he juked the defender. Yep. But his momentum carried him just a little bit too far to the sideline. Yep. He stepped on the line. Are because he should have scored. I mean, he had Yeah, it was there. Room.
1: But he had 20, his 20-yard 20 gain before he stepped out of bounds. Yeah. So that was his biggest gain. But most of the time uh, – and, Henry, you talked about this last week. He He's added, you know, 15, 16, 17 pounds of, of rock-solid muscle in offseason. Most of his runs were just power runs where it, the first guy is not bringing him down. Uh, it's just not happening. Um, and, and he had a lot of those four, five, six, five, six, you know, that just – Wears a defense out, and that's and on that eight minute drive, they also brought another kid in, number 37, and I can't think of his name, two last names Chris Collier Surly. That's him. Um, and you're like, wait a minute, where'd this guy come from? And they brought him in, and not not in mop up, they brought him in in a key time of that game, and he came in, and then they got number 21, Sean Anderson, Sean Anderson, who gave him some, he gave him a little, he gave him
2: a little, he got a little, little juke to him. Yeah, I love that little play where you know, uh. He comes in, replaces Picklin and uh nice little shovel pass from yeah. Drew Wright to, uh, to him. And yeah. he takes it for about 25 yards. He did. He did. Yeah.
1: He did. So, good all-around effort for Bentonville there. Uh, this just in, Rick, Bentonville's going to be pretty good. Uh, their defense got gashed a little bit. I think they will get better there because I think this was a pretty good team that they played. Uh, they're tied in. I, he looked like Rob Gronkowski's kid. I mean, this number 18 was a hoss out there. And they used him well in the past game. But Bentonville will improve from defensively from week one to week two. You can
2: bet on that. But offensively, boy, they looked really good. Yeah. One of the, the- – Noticing on that, you know, they had a move in from Clarksville who looked really good at linebacker, yeah. at Kendrick, and I do not know how to pronounce his name. Sayal, I think, see. is what they said. Uh, uh,
1: this number twenty, Sayal, something yep. like that. I think we were. It was funny. I was giving Ray Ray a hard time in the press box because he wouldn't call the kid's name out, yeah. <laughs> and I would holler over there next door. I'd say, "Hey, Ray Ray, I think that was number twenty on that tackle. Did you get his name right?" <laughs> He wouldn't call his name. What's his last name <laughs> begin with? It's S A U L A U. L A U, like Salau or something like okay. that. Uh, but whatever it is, he's a tackling machine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, him and then number fifteen on the other side, they both had you know really nice. Yeah, that was Ray,
2: Ray Stalls. Ray Stall.
1: So. Right, right. Both had both had big plays. Uh, Stalls had a really big sack. That uh, uh, Wrights only only. Turnover he had of the night. Wait, they intercepted a little little shovel
2: pass or something, a little screen pass. Yeah, it, it bounced off. Uh, I watched it, it bounced off. Uh, Call your Surley's arm, okay. and, and went the other direction and right into the lineman's
1: yeah. hands. Yeah, and he returned it to the thirteen. And you're thinking, boy, this they're going to score here right before halftime. Get the momentum because they get the ball. Start the second half. And uh, uh, Rafe uh, stalls huge third down. Huge third down. Fifteen yard sack of the quarterback. Takes them uh, back to the 20, around the 20 or so. But, man, that kicker they brought in for North, he drilled a 43-yarder, and that thing would have been good from 53 easy. I mean, he crushed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but great game for Bentonville. And, of course, this week they host Conway. Uh, Conway obviously be smarting, you know, after that loss that they had to Fayetteville last week. So it could be a pretty good game, uh, and we'll see. But, uh, man, you know, Bentonville, big win over what I think is a pretty legitimate team. Yeah. So we had some other games you know big games in the area last week how about uh, the one we haven't talked about we've saved this for last this was Rick this was a make it take it game remember, remember you know playing on the playground maybe a little basketball if you make it you keep the ball make it take it that's well, why this- I never got onto court. <laughs> Salome Springs and Rodgers, Paul. They oh, were just goodness. going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Rodgers would hit them with a touchdown. Salome comes back with a TD. End up being a fifty to forty one game. But what a performance by Josh Shepard.
0: Josh Shepard, outstanding. I mean, and and he had big. You were talking about uh, the Ficklin kid who had little, you know, little numbers, you know, five, six at a time. Well, Shepard had had it in big chunks. He did. He did. So
1: fourteen carries, four hundred two yards. Six touchdowns, five of the six, 50 yards or longer, including a 90-yard touchdown run. Now, Paul and Henry, you know this. He uh, Shepard is a track star. He's a track, track athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought about not playing this mm-hmm. year. Rick no. had that in his Player of the Week story. Thought about not playing. I think Harbison promised him a snow cone or something after the games or whatever if he'd play. And, uh, maybe some ice cream. Maybe some ice cream. Let me tell
4: you, when I was talking to Harbison, I mean, I talked to Shepard, the kid himself. I said, Man, I said, uh, he said, Well, uh, that's my first love. I really wanted to concentrate on that, to try to get a scholarship. I said, Well, we got a guy over at Fayetteville, Satania. He plays football and yep. runs right, track. Yep. You can do that. You can do that. And he said, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. So uh, good for Robert. I'm glad he's back for his senior year. Just spectacular uh, first
1: performance right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. So 402 yards rushing. Six touchdowns. Rodgers opens the Chad Harbison era as a head coach. He was the offensive coordinator. Of course, Harbison, pretty good football player himself at Salem Springs back in the day. um, Had great success at Elkins as a head football coach. Yep. Um, And so he was uh, the offensive coordinator at Rodgers last year. Their best season, Paul, since the state championship. uh, Yes. Playing for the state championship, Rick, that you mentioned earlier. Um, I believe that was 2008, I think, maybe. 2006. 2006. Um, so their best season last year with him calling the plays. Um, when Coach Lloyd uh, when it, uh, retired, so he could go watch his son play college football. There you go. Um, they promoted Coach Harbison, which was a good thing for them. And so he gets the uh, his head coaching uh, debut at Rogers off to a big start. Uh, put a lot of points on the board. Gave up a lot of points, but put a lot of
2: points on the board, 50-41. Yeah. yeah. And, and we also brought up, you know, first win as a head coach for Chad Harbison. Also, we have to give props to J.R. Eldridge. Yes, sir. He gets his first win as a Farmington, Farmington Cardinal. Yes, sir. Zach Watson gets the first win at Elkins. He did. Talked to him last night, and he said, Here's, he said it's a little nostalgic because uh, the game was moved to, from Lincoln because of storms to Greenland. Right. And he's not
1: like, why didn't they just play it at Elkins? Uh,
2: oh, well. Still oh. didn't want to give them a home game, I, so. Uh, I guess. So, so uh, when they did that, Zach Watson told me he said I played my first seventh grade game at Greenland. Wow. He said so, and he said I won that one too. That's fantastic. But, but he said the, the stat that just blew his mind, you know, it was a forty to nothing game, so you're thinking, Oh yeah, we're gonna praise the offense. He said, No. Our defense held Lincoln to two first downs. Wow. The entire oh night. Goodness. Wow. Now you
1: can win with that. You can win you can win with those yeah, numbers. Yeah. Any any game. So yes. congr- uh, congratulations. to them. of course, Rick, you have this week the big Battle of Highway 62, not the Battle of Rogers Avenue, but the Battle of Highway 62 as Farmington goes into Black and Gold, Prairie Grove, Tiger Territory, I right?
4: Think, I, I think it's at uh, Farmington. Is it Farmington? Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought it was at Prairie Grove. Okay, it's so at Farmington. Yep. Uh, my bad on that. Right. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a good one. Of course, this year is a non-conference game. Next year will be a conference game again in the 5A West as Prairie Grove makes that move up. But it's always good when Danny Absher, and he did graduate from Farmington High School. He doesn't let a lot of people know that, yep. but he, he did. Uh, he uh, will go in there. and It's always a good game when Farmington
2: and Prairie Grove play.
4: I guarantee you they won't be playing this game on the first uh, 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 opening weekend. Henry's opening like no. last year. No, you're going to see com- this game
2: next year, yeah. week 10. Yeah. Week 10. Yeah. As, it, as it should be.
4: It's, it's got to be. And, uh, yeah, Chip, you and I were there when they opened up, what, two years ago. That's they right. opened up the Farmington Sports Complex. Okay. Farmington drilled them pretty well. And Farmington had to go to Prairie Grove, and uh, Prairie Grove put it on them. Return the so, favor. Yeah, return to favor. Uh, man, I'm just really looking forward to. I, I can't think of any team that I have more respect for than uh, Prairie Grove. They're going to do the same thing every year. They're going to be bulky. They're not going to be the fastest team out there. They're going to execute. They're going to uh, slobber knock knock you. They're not going to just push you out of bounds or something. They're going to hit you, knock you out of bounds. Uh, but Farmington, man, they got some athletes. They're explosive. So
1: uh, I can't wait to get out there and see that game. Rick, what I love about Farmington is uh, J.R. Eldridge, and Rick, you talked about this last week, the toughness that he instills in the program. Uh, it's, and, uh, and Brooks Muller said, said this when I talked to him. You know He's the defensive coordinator at Springdale now, played for Gerald Williams, which, by the way, they had their big alumni the other night. Did you see coach the head coach out there? Gerald Williams was there with them the other night out there on the field uh, at Springdale and that was great to see. But anyway, what Mueller said, and this this just resonated with me, toughness travels. You can have an off-night passing. You can have an off-night rushing the football. You can have an off-night in a lot of things. But, Paul, and you know this, this is the Vic Schaefer basketball coaching philosophy, the coach at Texas now. If we crush you defensively, if we choke you down defensively, we have a very good chance to win the game, and it doesn't matter where we play it. That's right. That's exactly right. And and I love that philosophy, and that's the J.R. Eldridge philosophy, is that they're going to bring that vicious intensity every play, or you won't play.
4: That's exactly right. You know,
1: you're going to give it all out on every play, and you're going to be vicious and relentless, or get you some popcorn and watch the, watch somebody who will do that over here, because it doesn't matter if you are the size of a house or if you're the size of J.R. Eldridge, who was never a big guy, Not a big but he guy. was vicious and he was relentless, and Frocious. you can coach that, yep. and that travels, and that wins, and that's what he's going to bring to that Farmington program. And you can already see it in Week One, and so that should be a great Ricky Slobber Knocker on Friday night.
4: Now, if I use that in my game show, is that one word or two words? You word. editors help I me want out. you to put that in the story. I want to see what Grammarly
1: has to say about that word. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So some good games on tap this week. Henry, what are we calling this? The second week of the season or week one or whatever we want to call it. The week Uh, that follows opening week. The week that follows opening week. I like that. I like that. Post-opening week. Exactly. So – uh, anyway, great football underway. Paul's got some great volleyball underway. He says good Springdale stuff. Harbor girls are coming off a big tournament win.
0: Good stuff. Uh, Springdale Harbor uh, undefeated, won the uh, early bird tournament in Bentonville on Saturday. Beat some really good teams. Beat Bentonville in the finals. Uh, Two. Uh, that was a uh, actually a six A West uh, early showdown there. You there. Go. But. Uh, they will turn around and, and open conference play on Thursday. They those same two teams will play again. There so, you, go. There you uh, go. Springdale Harbor r- going to be really good. F- Fayetteville also off to a nice start. Three and one. Uh, they lost over the weekend to Nixa, Missouri, at Nixa, uh, defending state champions yep. in uh, in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So really good team. I talked with Jessica last night. They defeated Conway last night, and she said, you know, good. Really, really good team at Nixa. Nixa has a setter who's going to Northern Iowa. Okay. Really, a D one, and and they had beaten them a year ago uh, in Fayetteville, and they knew they had most of those kids back. But
1: now, we uh, we also need to mention too. We'll skip back over to football. The Rogers game at Stillwell, Oklahoma, this week is canceled um, for COVID protocols and. Uh, Talk to Coach Harbison today, that game will not be made up. So what Rodgers is going to do is take its scheduled open date, and I'm not sure, Henry, if it was next week or the week after. I think it was probably the the week after. They're going to try to find an opponent to fill that open week. So they're not going to reschedule still well, I don't believe. They're trying to find an opponent for that open week.
2: Yeah, we're starting to see a, a trickling now of, I know last week we had West Fork and Green Forest Move their game back. Mayflower and CAC move right. their game back. I've seen in Northeast Arkansas where two games have been, yes. one got rescheduled, one's got canceled, and I think Dollar Way Pine Bluff got canceled this week. Right. Oh.
1: Uh, I also want to mention too, Springdale Harbor uh, opened its season last week on the road at McKinney, Texas. Went down there, fell behind early, came back, made a game of it, Got the ball with about two two minutes or so left in the game, Rick. We're driving for what could have been a game tying or maybe go ahead touchdown. Turned it over. They end up losing a 35-28 game on the road um, against a pretty good Texas team. So no shame in that. No shame at all. And Harbor doesn't get any easier for them this week. They go on the road Woo. to North Little Rock. So Chris Wood, Ricky, he ain't scared. Ain't scared. He ain't scared. And so, uh, anyway, a tough non-conference schedule for Harbor, which gets them ready for the 7A West when that rolls around. And, uh, Henry, you got anything
2: else? Yeah, it it was just a case of – I saw this last year a couple times when I watched Harbor play. When Harbor's got things clicking, they are going to be good. good. But at times they have self-destructed. They have been their own worst enemy mainly because of turnovers. I think they fumbled the ball four times – Against McKinney and, and lost late. three of them. And that
1: late drive, as is, is they fumbled, you know, late, late uh, in that game, so what what coaches call self-inflicted wounds. You know, when you uh, you can't you can't win with that. You know, you just can't win with that. Can't win games, and they that's something you got to get. You know, got to get that cleaned up um, if Harper wants to take that next step to the to reach where they're accustomed to being.
0: Well, when you make the you got to make the other team earn it. Exactly. You can't you can't, can't help them. them. You can't, can't help them.
1: Can't give it to them. <laughs> So that's all we've got for this week's edition of Prep Rally the Podcast. Again, if you are not a subscriber to the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, we'd love to have you be a member of our team. Go to our website, nwaonline.com, click on the subscribe button. They'll walk you through that, get you to be a member of our team. You can read all of our great content every week, and we'd love to have you. So that's it for this week's edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. For Paul Boyd, Henry Apple, Rick Fires, Leland Barclay down in Fort Smith, I'm Chip Souza. We'll catch you next time on Prep Rally, the podcast. The Prep Rally podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on
0: SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.